Hey, David, in this episode, I learned that I am a major rule breaker. You Well, I could have told you that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this time I could get in trouble with the law. <laughs> Our friend, the podcast lawyer, Gordon Firemark, schools us on three big legal mistakes that many, many podcasters make, including... Yeah, myself. Including us. <laughs> <laughs> including us. Yep. So this is part two of a two-part interview. Enjoy listening. Welcome to Mastering the Podcaster Mindset. I'm Tiffany Kane, podcast coach and professional development expert. And I am David Seiss, professional dialogue and voiceover editor. Together, we will go on a journey with you to truly master the podcasting mindset. Let's break past mindset beliefs that often create barriers to success. You will learn techniques and insider secrets to raise the power of your content and the quality of your sound. We believe your voice is powerful. Your story needs to be told and there is someone out there who will be inspired because you have the courage to share your insights through your podcast. Now, here's today's episode. This is part two of a two-part interview with the wonderful Mr. Gordon Firemark. Gordon Firemark is an entertainment lawyer, podcaster for more than a decade, also known as the podcast lawyer and the man with the best name in the industry. Best name and the best voice. Oh, he's got a smooth voice. Oh, that's smooth. <laughs> that voice can cut through butter. All right. So in this episode, we are picking up where we left off from our interview and we're giving three rapid fire questions and they ended up being more long-ended questions. So we thought, why don't we put these questions in their own episode? Because these are the three big questions that our audience had for Gordon. Yeah. And it's really special because it ends up being the three big mistakes that so many new podcasters make. So we, we thought this segment needed its own episode. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. I'd love to shoot at you kind of the three biggest questions that we get. Great. Kind of a little rapid fire. And what would be your rapid fire answer you would give to this question? All right. Let's go for it. So the first one, always, every single time, do I need a guest release? Yes. You need you need a guest release the same, you know, look, I say practice safe guest, just like practicing safe sex. <laughs> you got to do it every time. Because <laughs> it's the one time you forget is when something, some undesired outcome, I'm not going to say good or bad, but some undesired outcome might happen. So Use that guest release. What you're doing when you have a release is you're you're giving you're asking the the guest to give you their consent to make the recording. In some places, both parties to a recording must know that it's happening and say okay. It's called mm -hmm. a two party consent jurisdiction. Some places only one of them has to do that, but it's just a good idea. Get the consent. You're also getting their consent to broadcast or transmit that content usually in edited form. So that's another consent. You, you have the right to record my performance. You have the right to edit it and, and turn it into whatever and incorporate it into your show. And you have the right to send that show out to the world for them to listen to. And I promise and understand that I'm not going to get paid for my, my performance, or maybe you are, but you can tweak that. And I don't have any right of editorial 
control or pre-approval over the content. Those are the things that a release includes. And also it's in perpetuity forever and it's irrevocable. So for folks that say, well, I've come from radio and I've never used a release in my life. Yeah, that was radio. This is podcasting. Different medium, different rules. Mm. Also, radio stations have million-dollar budgets with lawyers on staff. <laughs> so <laughs> A little bit different. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to be in the fight at all if you can avoid it. The, the release form is sort of the, the best insurance. Uh, mm. Okay. Yeah. Now, keeping with the same idea, if somebody, <clears throat> I don't know who, fingers not pointing at me, <laughs> at the bottom of the guest, guest intake form says, by submitting this application, I agree to be a guest on insert podcast here. I understand I'm giving permission to the podcast to edit and use the interview as AC best. I understand there isn't a chance that my interview may not even be used. Is that enough or do they need an actual form? It doesn't have to be a printed piece of paper with a wet ink signature and all that. I think, you know, electronic okay. signatures are a thing nowadays and it's perfectly legal and enforceable to do, do things the way you've described as long as it includes the right language, the wording. And I'm very happy to make a, a, a free guest release form available to anybody who wants it. They yes, can go to podcastrelease.com and okay. uh, download, you know, it's give me your email address and your name and I'll I'll bug you with email from time to time, but um, you can always opt out. But you'll get the free release form. Mm -hmm. You can you can take the wording uh, that's on that form and incorporate it into your web form. You could do it as a Google form or something like that if you want, or you could use a signature or whatever. What I really want to encourage folks though is make it a sort of a formal process. That formality, people mm -hmm. remember the formality. Mm -hmm. I remember clicking that box on your form. It wasn't a big hurdle to to jump through, but it was enough for me to, okay, they're serious. They take it seriously. This is a professional operation. Great. Oh. Um, speaking. I'm, I'm smiling. I'm like, okay, that was good. Yay. <laughs> I did something right. <laughs> and we're going to put the podcast release um, link in the show notes. Great. Just so everybody knows that. Yeah. The, the one thing that I really want to caution people against is trying to do it orally. While, yes, you can record you know, you could have asked me a question in the very beginning of the interview that asked all the, you know, you understand this and you understand that and so on. But the problem is you've got to get it right every time. You've got to say the right words. So you could work from a script, but I think it's better just to have them check a box, type their name or email address or something like that. And and then you've yeah. got a, a sort of permanent record of it that you also don't have to go listening back to raw form, raw recording data to <laughs> find Especially being in a digital world, I think that just would be so much easier than than having to record and do all that kind of stuff. So, great if advice. If you can go on Amazon and buy something for hundreds of dollars just by clicking a box, <laughs> exactly, this ought to be yeah <laughs> pretty easy. It just as work. easy. Yeah, it should work. Okay, second rapid fire question. Uh, many of our listeners have podcasts that are very personal about their personal life. Uh, they're telling personal stories. Some of those stories um, include maybe painful things that happened to them, maybe traumatic events, maybe slightly less than traumatic, but still something painful that they're sharing. Do they have to worry about libel when they're sharing their own personal story? It is a, a, a legitimate concern that the person who is speaking, whether it's their, your own story or your guest's story, if they're talking about a third person who's not in the room and hasn't signed a release, 
yeah, what's said could be harmful to that other person's relationship. The the example of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp, although it wasn't in a mm-hmm. podcast, she said something about him that was, you know, that he said wasn't true. And um, it led to the lawsuit. Just in the last couple of weeks, again, fact-checking is important. Uh, just in the last couple of weeks, I've seen this exact situation come up multiple times where a podcaster interviews a guest. The guest is talking about the toxic relationship they were in with their ex. Never names anybody. And mm-hmm. sure enough, the ex comes along and says, you got to take that down. I didn't, I didn't authorize them. I didn't authorize them. And it's, and it's not true. Mm-hmm. You know? So – in that instance, toxic relationship is more of an opinion statement. And we looked at, you know, is this really libel or or what? And it may or may not be just depending on the circumstances. So that's one of the hard things is you never quite know until until you're having that conversation with someone like me that's, you know, the cash register clinging every minute or two. <laughs> Those kinds of things. Uh, not to be too glib about it. I mean, yeah. but, you know, I got to make a living. Um, right. But anyway, my point being... Yes, there's a concern. Uh, I wouldn't let it overwhelm you. Again, be mindful of the issue. And and if you do get someone saying something that whether it's you or someone else, go back and fix it in post or 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 just figure out a way to be sort of circumspect or express things in terms of opinion if you can. Mm-hmm. That seems like that'd be a difficult skill to learn to express things in opinion. Well, Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and all, it isn't always possible, right? If, if right. my experience was that this person was abusive, me saying, well, I think they're kind of an abuser <laughs> doesn't really change it because I'm basing right. it on real experience. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just in general um, looking at what those defenses are and, and how it's expressed. And so uh, this is a message for those folks who are doing editing, the, the post-production people. If you hear something like that, be on alert for it and and hmm. help out your podcaster, help out your client by calling it to their attention and saying, do we really want to include that sentence in this interview? Wow. Yeah. And if you're the if you're the the host, the interviewer, repeating those things isn't a good idea. Oh, you said, you know, you said so and so did such and such. Maybe just say, oh, that's a, that's a really powerful statement. Uh, you know, did it really happen that way, or or maybe there's another side to the story. You know, you can sort of shade mm-hmm. things a little bit that way too. And yeah. And then uh, one thing I left out of the discussion of of uh, defamation is there is this privilege to report, you know, to a fair report privilege to actually report as news what someone else said or what someone else's accusation is. So uh, there's a little room for maneuvering there too. Hmm. So much for rapid fire. My answers are long. I know, right? That's what I was thinking. (laughs) What are your long answers like? (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like a yes or a no answer is enough. So no, I know. I appreciate it. We we appreciate it. You know, podcasters are verbose. Uh, Pithiness is not our gift. I I had a, a professor in my master's program say, I appreciate pithiness, and I'm like, I don't. That's not even no. Like I can't do it. Say it. In a small way. That's just not, fewer words are not better for me. There's no such thing as a five minute long quip. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, third question, and then we'll start wrapping it up. So, third rapid fire question. We also have a lot of people in our community that love books and they love to quote books, read books, share books, all of that kind of stuff. And we get questions all the time. 
can I read books on my podcast? And what would you say to that? Rapid fire answer. No, don't do it. (laughs) That's what I was expecting. Based off of what we just heard, that's going to be a big fat no. (laughs) Now, is it like if it's a short, a little bit from the book, or is it just don't do it at all? You know, quoting a very short passage to illustrate a point you're making is often fine. And quoting the same thing, quoting a short passage as a way of sort of because you're doing a critique of the book is fine. But please don't read chapter by chapter. You know, I I actually Mm -hmm. heard of somebody Mm -hmm. who was doing episode by episode. They were reading one chapter of the book each week and then sort of calling it a book club of the air. But that's really not what they were doing. Um, You know, but, but again, let's say you're doing it book club style. You've got a couple of a panel of people. And you're reading this book and you can talk about, hey, we're reading Ulysses this week. <laughs> I'm choosing one that's definitely mm-hmm. in the public domain. But and, and, you know, what really moved me was this part where so-and-so said X, Y, Z. And here, let me read a little bit. A sentence or two is fine. When it gets to be a paragraph or two, that's where mm-hmm. you're going to run afoul of things. This has been fascinating. Really, I, I feel like I need to go back and look at my podcast library and <laughs> what rules have <laughs> See, I oops, broken? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the sleeping dogs are best left laying. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Pretend they I'm going to quote you on that, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon, before we wrap up, do you have any last words of advice for a new podcaster that is either thinking of launching or they're in their first year of launching? How do they set themselves up for success legally? I mentioned earlier, and I, and I, I really can't emphasize enough, I, I think that being professional in your approach is the ultimate path to success. Mm-hmm. And when I say being professional, I sort of I sort of have f- four to five prongs to that. Number one, be professional about how you set up your your operation. Set it up like a business. Use that either a podcast prenup, which could be a partnership agreement or a co-production agreement. It could be a, that you form an LLC, which I think is often a good idea for podcasters to do. A limited liability company. Um, so you've got your your business structure. Number two is the team structure. If you're working with other people, whether they are your co-host, your partner, your producer, your researcher, your editor, make sure you have agreements with them, written contracts that outline who owns what. Because again, when you get into that forming, you're creating something together, then the intention needs to be expressed. Otherwise, the law is going to assume you're joint owners of the thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So make sure you have good team. Also, people want to know what to expect, how they're going to get paid, when they're going to get paid, if they're profit sharing, you know, those kinds of things. Get it in mm-hmm. writing. Number three, be aware and mindful of the intellectual property that's involved. We talked a little bit about copyrights. We didn't talk about trademarks. The title of a show, if it's distinctive, that is not descriptive or generic, and really sets you apart, that can be a trademark. And it's worth protecting your trademark by registering it. On the flip side, when you're choosing a title for your show, Don't choose one that's already been used. Don't choose one that's too similar to another one that is already in use. And and, and try to be distinctive. Come up with something that's going to be ear-catching and not Mm -hmm. just another, you know, you want to have descriptiveness maybe in the subtitle, but you don't need to be, you shouldn't be descriptive in the title. So, you know, Tiger Stripes could be the title of a show about, sneakers or something mm-hmm. doesn't tell you it's a sneaker show but you know you, your audience will learn right. it quick enough and then the fourth component is as you start to get into monetizing the relationships with your clients your customers 
um, those also need to be clearly documented and and in writing. And you need to be careful about how you articulate things because if something is vague or or ambiguous, it's going to, you know, everybody's going to construe it in the way that's best for them. And that's what leads to disagreements and disagree, the, the legal word for disagreement is lawsuit. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so the, the clearer and more, uh, you know, precisely articulated a, a contract is, the better. So get it in writing. Do you, now, do you have contracts for all of these kind of things? Like, do you help people with trademark? Do you help people like... All right, we we are selling a course and you know it's related to our podcast and we're selling a course and we need some sort of something in writing for our clients. What, do you help with that kind of stuff? Tiffany, you must have played softball in the past cuz I appreciate the softball you just threw me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have I have um I have forms and templates available at uh, podcastlawforms.com. I do have a course that teaches the do it yourselfer kind of podcasters, how to do the four things I was saying, set up your business, your team, your IP, and your your uh, customer and client relationships. That program is called Easy Legal for Podcasters, and it's an online course with videos and, and training. I give you a lot of the why and, and what as well as the how to do things, but I do walk you through the how to form your LLC, drop the contract, register your trademark and those kinds of things. So that's easylegalforpodcasters.com. And of course, I'm available as a as a do f- done for you kind of a model as a professional. If you want to register a trademark or something, feel free to reach out to me and uh, uh, thepodcastlawyer.com is the best place to find that. Love it. Love it. We are going to link all of those things in the show notes. <laughs> we know that you guys are going to want to be reaching out to Gordon yeah. Um, I'm, I have the great fortune of getting to be with Gordon in another group that we are in. And, uh, it's, I, I enjoy so much learning from you. So thank you. And we definitely want our people reaching out to you for sure, because being set up legally and protecting yourself as you set your business, your podcast business up is vital. David, anything else you want to say? Uh, I, I plan on reaching out to you, Gordon. I have a, um, when you mentioned and as an editor, things that you may be wanting to look out for, for your client to help protect them. I feel that's super important and something I'd never even considered. And mm-hmm. so to me, that was something that, uh, it was a definite light bulb moment of like, oh, geez, why wouldn't I be checking this stuff? Because I'm sitting here listening to it and kind of doing things on behalf of my client. So why wouldn't I want to, you know, raise those flags when, Whenever I have the opportunity, so I would say, yeah, you know, be, definitely be careful not to promise that you will do that every time. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. But it's definitely a service to your customers yeah. and your clients to sort of be on the lookout for that kind of stuff and at least bringing it up. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and share. And I'm really grateful to um, have uh, this kind of a platform to help podcasters to really achieve the kind of impact that they want safely and securely and and really just to get the information out there for everybody so really grateful thank you we can't thank you enough for coming 
yeah, your your time is is more valuable than you realize. <laughs> Probably, well, you may realize how valuable it is, but we appreciate it for sure. <laughs> I'll send you a bill. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Charging, charging by the minute here. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we asked for those rapid On fire answers. We'll see you later. <laughs> you know what? One link I forgot to give is the uh, my my ebook, the podcast blog and new media oh. producers legal survival guide, is at podcastlawbook.com. So. Perfect. Get that in. I was going to ask if that one was still available because you said you it is. It's a getting a little ago, long so. in the tooth, and it, it's it's. I'm actually due to to revise it. I went looking for the old files from when I wrote it, and I can't find the raw. <gasps> oh my oh, goodness! No. Word process. So I'm going to have to get the book and scan it and OCR, <laughs> and then get started. <laughs> oh on the my god! Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> fun process. <Yeah. laughs> Thank you so much, Gordon. Thanks, Gordon. It was great. Thank you. All right, David, when we think about question one, do you need a guest release? What stood out for you from what Gordon said? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very simple answer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. In some form or another, he, he definitely prefers it written versus spoken. You can do spoken, but... Uh, you, you end up having to go back if you end up having any issues. You end up having to go back and and review, try and track down where that recording is, all that sort of stuff. And in the digital world, it is much easier just having a little checkbox that, yes, I agree to these terms and everybody can go along their way happily. Mm-hmm. I love that he's providing a free guest release form mm-hmm. for everybody. You can click in He's the show got notes. Forms for everything. He's got forms for everything. Yeah. Click in the show notes, get that free form. And then what we did, rather than having a separate form for guests to sign, we put a little paragraph at the end of our guest intake form that we just do on Google Forms. Um, and it's something they opt into. They say, yes, I agree. And that opt-in is all of the legal protection that we need for having a guest on our show. Very simple. Very simple. Yeah. All right. What about question two? This, to me, was the big one because my podcast, Radical Audacity, started as Love and Life After Divorce, and it was really about my story of leaving a marriage that I felt was toxic um, and healing and coming out of it after that. And I I held space for a lot of people to share their stories. So this question to me, I <laughs> felt my my blood pressure rising just a little <laughs> bit. Like, oh, I hope I did it right. Um, we asked him about what about sharing your personal life, your personal stories, especially when there are traumatic events in your stories. Is that something you can do in your podcast? What stood out to you for that one, David? The, the- Simple way of being able to think about that for me uh, after listening to what he said was just be professional. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that statement that or that that line of just be professional, it really helps you to think about what it is that you're saying. Am I, am I saying something that's going to offend somebody or am, am I accusing somebody of something? Am I saying something about something they'd rather I didn't? Um, if I'm sitting in a, in a business meeting, am I going to be talking about these things? Mm -hmm. And to me, that was something that just kind of made it easy for me to be mindful of the things I'm saying. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I did with my podcast before I switched, um, the, the focus. I always made sure to say that 
that I'm not going to talk bad right. about my ex. I'm just going to share my experience and that I was an active part of that, mm-hmm. that we just didn't bring out the best in each other and we're healthier without each other. So that it's coming from a place of healing rather than a wounded place. I think if we go at this wounded and we're like trying to take somebody down, Mm -hmm. that's when we can get in trouble. I think if we deal with our stories in a very compassionate, empathetic way with understanding that everybody in our story is a human, even when they do terrible things and we can speak with compassion and empathy, then then it becomes more of an opinion and less of a liable. He used the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp story, which to me was just so sad from every aspect, that story. And so we just need to really be careful how we talk about our relationships and just make sure we're not getting ourselves in trouble. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, question three, this was a good one, is books. Can we quote books? Can we read books? Can we share books on our podcast? What stood out to you about this one? Uh, Again, it was the same thing of, well, no, (laughs) you can't. And it it goes back to that. You have to think about, well, if I'm having to question whether or not I can do something, more likely than not, the answer is going to be, no, you can't. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) I like to think of it as, you know, somebody spent their time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears creating this thing. Mm -hmm. And it's for sale and you spend your money to buy it. And yes, yes, a book I can buy and I can hand off to multiple people, sure. But when I'm on a podcast, I'm not creating an audio book for that person because they create an audio book. They need somebody to buy that. They need to be paid for their work. So if we are going to share parts of a book, it's very, very short, and it's to help make our point. It's not going to be just about the book. Finally, he ended it up with encouraging us to just be really professional, even if this is a hobby, be professional. And he gave four points. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about the first one? I know this is your favorite. Set it up like a business. Have your agreements in place. Get all of your ducks in a row before you get out there. Uh, Well, it doesn't have to be before you get out there, but before you get too far out there. You want to be working on this stuff from the get-go and make sure that you're starting to get these things in place so that as you get bigger guests on, as you get more a a larger audience, all those things are already in place and you're okay and you don't have to worry about somebody coming after you later on and going, hey, you did something you shouldn't and now I'm going to sue you. Yep. And we've (laughs) talked about this multiple times. So we had Jenny Thomas on who is Mm -hmm. the tax expert and she also encouraged people, even if it's a hobby, set it up as a business, set up a separate bank account, get your LLC going, uh, protect yourself tax-wise. Gordon is telling us protect yourself legal-wise. And these aren't very hard things to do. They don't take very long. Right. So just get these things set up. They don't cost that much money. So just do the, it. The small investment you put in now will save you most likely thousands later on. So yep. it's worth the small investment. Uh, number two and three, have agreements for your contracts with whoever you're working with or the law is going to assume that it is joint owner. So mm-hmm. if you have a VA working with you, if you have somebody who is involved, maybe a producer or something like that, just have contracts in place. Gordon has a whole bunch of those on his website. Just get things in place. And then number three, trademark your title. 
So it's interesting (laughs) from a law perspective, he said, don't have a distinctive title. SEO says, yes, have a distinctive title. So it's a little, you know, back and forth. But if you are going to trademark your title, it does need to be distinctive and it can't be quite as descriptive because descriptive words are public domain. And so um, just thinking about that, if you're going to trademark, then then make it a little more unique unique yes (laughs) (laughs) and number four number four was uh he mentioned monetizing um clearly document any relationship that you have uh, whether it be the your co-host your guests uh people that you're interviewing you know all that sort of stuff make sure that everything is documented and you know who's getting what and who's um as far as your bank account goes, it can make a big difference as far as how much ends up in yours versus somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it goes back to just treating it as a business, Mm -hmm. be professional. And we love when people monetize their podcasts. So set yourself up from the beginning (laughs) so you can monetize because you can monetize pretty darn quick. So let's set it up the right way from the start. Uh, before we sign off today, I do want to thank Focusrite. They are our sponsor. They help us make this show. Thank you so much, Focusrite. They've created a wonderful little device that is specifically for podcasters to help podcasters get their podcast made with the best sound possible in the easiest way possible. Yeah. Tell us about the Vocaster 1 and the Vocaster 2. Well, the Vocaster, I think it's even better for um like it's more than just a device that can help your show. It helps anything that you do outside of your show, whether it be Twitter spaces yes. or Facebook reels or any of that kind of stuff. I don't know the uh, terms because I'm not big on social media, but you, <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. The All the stuff that you do where you go live and the Vocaster allows you to use the microphone setup that you use for podcasting in those situations. So you're the clarity of your voice, the sound that everybody can hear, like it it just really up-levels your game when it comes to that type of thing. And that's probably one of my favorite things about it is how versatile it is. I can hook it up to any device and it works great and powers any microphone that I have and it does it well. I also want to say today we are recording outside, sitting on our patio, looking at the lake. The sun is shining on us. You're hearing the mm-hmm. airplanes and the boats and all of that. So um, I hope you've enjoyed the ambiance that <laughs> we've been enjoying. It's fun to get outside and be a little bit flexible in how you record and soak up the sun while we can. Yeah. <laughs> this beautiful weather. That's extra vitamin D today. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Remember to have fun recording. Have fun. Have fun recording. Thanks for hanging out with us today. As a special thank you, we invite you to download the free guide in the show notes called The Biggest Mistake Podcasters Make and How to Avoid It. And please take a moment to leave us a review. Well, only if you really like the show. (laughs) (laughs) And come on over and join our free Facebook community. We'd love to have you there. We believe your story is powerful and needs to be heard, and we would love to help you tell it. And it's it's got all of the legal things that need to be said. There goes my phone. You want to go get your phone? I'll go get my phone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go ahead and mark that section. <clears throat> Poor thing. Is it okay? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Legal forms.